The Money Show. Small business. Pablo Fatidi is from Auric Business Accelerator. You would have known that that was a Lamborghini contest, wouldn't you, Pablo? You would know. It was so obvious, Bruce. Honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who your previous guest was, but it what was so know? obvious. It was what so obvious. He? And you know, I didn't want to barge into the show and say, "Hey, that's the whatever you said." It was. Lamborghini contest. Yes. There we go. Now, listen, <laughs> Absolutely, did not want to do it. Lots of people go into starting their own businesses, and they do it because either they've lost their job, or they've got a great idea, or they want to just change the world. And one of the things they don't necessarily bank on is this idea that one day they're going to have eight people in a room with them, or a hundred people, or a thousand people, or you know, in some cases, ten or twenty thousand people that suddenly work for them, and they now aren't managers, um, they're not entrepreneurs anymore, they're now leaders, and not many people are cut out to be leaders, and it's hard isn't it? It is hard and, and you have no choice. So you might call it a reluctant leader. Um, and Bruce, you know what? There's, there's a wonderful, uh, uh, the, the two root words, Latin words that make up the word leadership, leder and leder. And the one means um, leading from the front and the other means one foot in front of the next. So from the front, one foot in front of the next. And it is, it is, it's tough. It's tough to do because whilst you might talk about technical aspects of the business with your team or even suppliers or even customers for that matter, you know, for example, it could be a new range of pump sets coming out and which ones should we bring into the country and which ones should we, you know, carry spare parts for. It might be an adjustment to a service that you're offering. And those elements, the technical elements that make up the product or service, you often have people you can go to and talk to. But the leadership pieces, the leadership elements that you have to definitively and with confidence and clarity and certainty act on because you're being watched by your your team, you've been watched by your customers, you've been watched by your bank, you've been watched by your suppliers. In times of change, that leadership is essential. And even the best of us out there, Bruce, face environments that are completely new, where we've had no prior experience, and yet, because you might be 15, 20 years in the business, and because the business has 60, 70, 100 million a year, you're expected to know what to do. Okay, so when you're the boss and all hell is breaking loose around you, um, people look to you for guidance. They look to you for inspiration. They look to you for motivation. They look to you for hope. They look to you for some kind of wisdom. Um, and not everybody is possessed of wisdom. I mean, they say wisdom comes of age. And maybe I'm not old enough. But uh, you've got to be the wisdom of the business as the leader of that business. If you're not, you shouldn't be in the position. I don't agree that wisdom and age have a relationship. I really mm -hmm. don't. I've thought so long about this. And in many ways, where I see wisdom at work, it typically comes from an, an individual who has had many experiences within the business. So remember there was that book, and Malcolm Gladwell wrote it. Um, and I think it, it, it wasn't, uh, not the tipping point, the one that spoke about 10,000 hours, Bruce. Yeah, that one, yeah. Very good. Yeah, my my favorite one of, of all of them. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he basically argued that you need 10,000 hours behind you to become expert at something. 
But here's the thing. If you have 10,000 hours of doing the same thing again and again, and you've never pushed the envelope, and you've never taken risks, and you've never innovated what you were doing, well, it doesn't really leave you with much in a time of change. And in my, in my experience of what I've seen out there, wisdom comes from two things, and that is the ability to have insight. In other words, to make the many, many mistakes it takes to build a business and understand how that mistake created an opportunity for you to advance the business and yourself in concert together, and then to use that in foresight. If you can combine that insight and foresight, it gives you that wisdom. But in an environment of change, I think the two most crucial things you need in order to show definitive leadership, despite the fact that you might be full of doubt and uncertainty, show the face and behavior of definitive leadership, is you need to be so clear on why you're doing what you're doing, which we spoke about last week. And then you also need to be crystal clear on why your business exists. In other words, yeah. why does I mean, it exist? Why does but, it matter? Nowadays, I mean, the book, by, by the way, was Outliers. That was the, the Malcolm McLeodwell yes. book whose, whose name you, you were grasping for. Um, but the, the insight and the wisdom and the leadership that is required now, sure, it's about the business. Sure, it's about getting the team together and doing what they do best and serving the customer. And all of that is wonderful. But none of those people who work in that business live in isolation. And more and more, I'm seeing a huge amount of pressure being put on corporate leaders, on business leaders, to be some kind of oracle about the future to calm everybody down to provide certainty in an environment that is far from that from everything from you know, uncertain global economics to covid to south africa's politics yeah but i'll give you an example bruce so if, if you clear on why you're doing what you're doing okay so so let's put the passion aside and let's say let's let's say it's a pump business right it's a business that imports pumps or manufactures pumps and supplies and services pumps if that's the business, as an example that we're talking about, if you're doing it, you're doing it because hopefully you have an affinity for pumps, you have a passion for pumps, you, you find the engineering fascinating, you love the technology behind it, you like the capability of what a pump can do, and, and that's why you perhaps went into that as a business. You need to have a love of the product or service that you offer. It really makes an enormous difference. But that is not the purpose behind why you do what you do. If the purpose is to reach a final destination over a period of time, and all of us work over a period of time, because at some point, eventually time catches up with you. And despite how much you love the pump industry, when you're 60 in the business, 70 in the business, 80 in the business, 90 in the business, at some point, you're coming to a final destination, and that's going to be a closure of the business or a sale of that business. And if you're clear on which of those two options you hope for, that allows you to make decisions with that in mind. If we go to the business and the business's function, its job, is to supply water elimination services to the mining sector, it doesn't matter what happens to the environment out there, and it doesn't matter how change takes place. For so long as you remain focused on the business's performance delivering that water elimination from the mining environment, 
it'll stop you from making these ridiculous pivots that we saw in the last year, where all of a sudden a business that sold pumps went into selling hand sanitizer and face masks. It keeps you steady on that course. And that lets your customers and your suppliers and your team know that you will make decisions that might chop and change in terms of tactic, but strategically, purposefully, the end That's game true. remains consistent. And that consistency is what builds the confidence. And that consistency guides the best decision you can make in the moment of change, knowing full well that that decision you've taken is taking you in the direction of where you want to be. But you can only be doing this stuff if you're no longer doing the business, um, you know, the, 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 this idea that, you know, you, you are the chief cook and bottle washer and nobody can actually run this business without you. If you've not moved out of those roles and having people using the systems to run the business uh, on your behalf so that you can actually sit back and, as Nick Haralambos put it just in the last half hour, actually allow yourself to get a little bit bored from time to time and think, geez, I wish I was doing a sales call today, but actually I've got to work out how salespeople work better in future. Uh, if you're not allowing yourself that space, well, you're not leading anymore. You're not leading at all, are you? No, you're not. And, and you know, when, when you start the business, in the early stages of, of, of starting the business, in fact, Bruce, you know, there's a great analogy, and we, we've spoken about this, I think, about a year ago, that building a business is very, very similar to sailing a ship. There are, two, there are two parts you'll find yourself in. You'll either find yourself in the engine room, which is typically below decks and below the waterline, and you've got these big churning diesel engines, and you've got to fire up the coal and get the engines going, and they drive the propeller, which gives you momentum. And that momentum is critical. If you, if you can't get out of the harbor, you can never get going. You need to get into revenue. You need to get into sales. You need to actually get cash flow flowing through the business. But at some point in time, if you don't migrate up to the bridge, which is above decks, where you have a 360-degree view around you, and you have this wonderful dashboard with all the instruments and the controls and the levers, and most importantly, the steering wheel and the navigation room and an espresso machine, so you can think clearly. <laughs> if you don't lead the direction of that business, I have seen businesses, Bruce, that are 60, 70, 80 million rand businesses that have provided for the business owners income, putting their kids into private schooling, universities overseas, holidays each year, and all the vintage cars your former guests were speaking about. And yet at the end of the day, when they look at where they've traversed and where they've come, they could have got there in a third of the time, and they could be in a place where when they're ready to end it, they could have exited the business with a capital gain, which never occurred. If you don't lead the direction and you, if you don't lead the direction and drive the business because you're being driven by everything around it, from your team to your suppliers to your customers, you can't lead at all. It's not leading. Doing is not leading. The leading elements require you to build a business that will release your time to focus on creating and building the culture of your team, looking for next level growth beyond just organic growth in the business, and looking for the next opportunity of innovation to make sure that you remain relevant in that period of change. Pavlo Fatidis, Auric Business Accelerator.